2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode, we're going to be covering optimizing WooCommerce for speed and reliability. And joining us to discuss that is somebody quite knowledgeable on that topic, uh, Mind Size's own, Zach Stepik. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Awesome. So glad to have you here. You know, I've had the, the opportunity, of course, to hang out with you here and there over the years and uh, thought it would be fun to finally get you on the show, so really thank you for, for joining us again.
3: You're very welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome.
2: And so, in this episode, we're going to be covering uh, how to optimize WooCommerce for speed and reliability. And that's really important, um, as we've seen tons of studies on page load time and its effect on conversion rates, and of course its effect on revenue. So it's not just a vanity thing we're optimizing for, because we we like stuff fast, but rather there's a material impact to the bottom line. And so the work we do optimizing Woo stores and otherwise um, can have a material impact for the sites we service, or if we're an agency, the customers we service. And so, Zach, I think that's part of the reason why I was so excited to bring you guys or you on in particular, because I know, again, mind-size, this is an area of focus for you. But I'm kind of curious, from a personal perspective, what was your WordPress origin story? How did you first get involved with all this WordPress stuff?
3: Let's see. Um, I tried using WordPress way back when it was just a blogging platform, didn't have all of the content management uh, features that are in there now. And at the time, I didn't like it. (laughs) <laughs> and this was back when I was—I uh, was actually a Flash and Flex developer in a previous life. Um, so I was, you know, working on projects that made sense for what WordPress could do, but never really got into it until uh, WooCommerce 1.0 came out. And I was building an e-commerce site for a, a uh, record label. And they wanted to sell their music on their website, and I used WooCommerce for it. And that was really my first major introduction to uh, the more modern versions of WordPress.
2: That's interesting. You know, I asked that question of everyone that joins the show and you were not the first person to move from Flash to WordPress. So um, you do not have that distinction. I can't remember who it was, but one other person, it was funny, had that same kind of backstory. Um, But it is curious, you know, kind of interesting to think that, you know, WooCommerce played a role for you as that kind of that first introduction to WordPress, quite appropriate considering we're talking about that here today. So um, earlier I mentioned that one of the areas that Mind size, the agency focuses on, um, is really e commerce performance. And so I know, you know, a lot of people, of course, talk about how they'll do performance optimization as part of the sites they create. But I'm just curious, like, how you guys think about performance um, as you service your clients. Like, why would I think that mind size is an area of specialty for you guys? Uh,
3: Well, I would say that the primary reason is that we run some of the largest WooCommerce sites in the world um, at scales that most people don't really see. Um, Just to give everybody a bit of an idea, um, we have sites that have hundreds of thousands of active subscriptions that we maintain. Uh, We have sites that are doing millions of dollars in revenue a week. Uh, at average order value uh, values as low as $15. Um, we have sites that are running hundreds of thousands of products. So we've really scaled WooCommerce in every possible way. Um, and that's primarily because when we started the company, uh, myself and my partner, Patrick Garman, wanted to focus on performance. It was something that we both knew a lot about, uh, scalability is something that we both knew a lot about. Uh, so we made that our focal point for the company from the beginning. And as a result, we've been contacted by some really great companies that have needed help with, you know, making sure that their site performs well, especially, you know, with the holiday season coming up, you know, every year there's, a, what, four and a half, five week period of time from Black Friday through Christmas where, you know, a good percentage of the e-commerce sales per year happen and uh, they're all getting ready for that time period.
2: You know, it's funny because I asked you the question, I said, why do you think mind size is good for performance? Why do you think that you would be considered focused on performance? It's funny because you answered it to say scale. And it was interesting to think about that because um you didn't go into uh, you know performance necessarily, you know reduces bounce rate, and improves conversion rate, which of course we all know to be true, but rather kind of illustrated it through the lens of scale through the notion of you have to be performant to scale, yeah, um, which I thought was kind of an interesting way to think about it,
3: yeah. I mean, we can you know go into some of the data, but um, as far back as 2006, Stanford said every 100 millisecond delay in page load speed costs 1% of your sales. Uh, in 2011, Kissmetrics said that 47% of site visitors expect two, or, uh, less than 2 second page loads. Um, 40% of people will abandon after 3 seconds. Each second of load results in a 7% conversion loss. So, you know, just putting that into perspective if a site is averaging a hundred thousand dollars a day in sales and they have a one second delay in their page load that's two and a half million dollars in lost sales per year
2: that's uh that's quite an impact and uh those are some great sound bites uh that's great you knew those off the top of your head so i'm kind of curious you you talked about how your first experience with wordpress was through woo for the uh the music company and, and getting their store off the ground so i'm curious after all these years of working in woo like what is your favorite part of woo why do you keep coming back
3: i'd say it's the ability to use it as a platform to build anything um and Because we specialize in WooCommerce, any business can come to us and say, we want to sell this crazy thing in this crazy way. And we can say, yeah, we can build that.
2: It's the crazy ways that always get you, right? So it's that flexibility, basically, of the product that allows you to answer that question, yes, uh, when they ask you for the crazy ways. Is that the gist of it?
3: Yeah, I mean, when you're working with an open-source e-commerce platform, you know, the sky is really the limit. And we have the ability with WordPress and WooCommerce to do more from a content standpoint than with pretty much any other platform. Um, that's really where the strength of the combination of the two uh, lies is in the the fact that WordPress is really good at creating know high indexing content and WooCommerce is really good at using that content to sell things
2: excellent excellent so now I want to get into more of the kind of specifics around performance optimization and I want to kind of dive in a little bit now we'll take a break and we'll come back to this but just to kick us off on this topic you know one of the my favorite ways to learn is to learn from others mistakes so I'm curious you know you guys on clients and see maybe common mistakes that people are making that are tanking their performance or their scalability. What are like some of your top mistakes that you see people making when you take over a new site?
3: <laughs> well, uh, I'd see I'd say the first one is uh, that they pick the wrong plugins. So you know the code that's running on your site matters a ton. And when you're just picking whatever plugin seems to do the job, and not doing research into how well that plugin will perform and scale, um, you're making bad decisions.
2: So plugins basically that are using too many resources or uh, not doing a good job uh, executing the task at hand. So, like I've seen this in the past with things like related post plugins that are kind of taxing the WordPress instance. Um, other other classes of plugins. Or is there like a theme to the plugins you've discovered in a WooCommerce context um, that people often maybe not the plugins themselves, but just thematically the kinds of plugins. That might be causing trouble
3: plugins with poorly written queries uh, plugins that have not updated to use uh, the crud or create retrieve update and delete methods that were introduced in WooCommerce 3 Um, plugins that are trying to do too much and aren't focused on the specific need of the company that's trying to implement them so you know things that are just too big and you only need two features out of the 75 they're offering
2: that's uh those are some good tips being uh careful of the plugins you choose testing them um, and making sure, and the way I put it is when you choose a plugin, you're choosing a partner for your business. So I always like to do a ton of research, not just on the tech, but the company, their ability to support it, so on and so forth, um, which is actually a lot of the stuff we do at WP Engine and our solution center is actually do a lot of that vetting Um, to help make sure we're making good recommendations. But on a site-by-site basis, um, I've always been a huge advocate of of making sure you're you're choosing a partner that's going to be a good fit for your business long-term. So it's good to hear you talk about that. Uh, I do want to explore more of these mistakes because I'm sure there's a ton people are making that others can get insights from. uh, But we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in
1: just a moment.
4: email brasco at wmr.fm
1: and get your message delivered now do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of mount everest and an authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm.
2: Everyone, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm interviewing Zach Stepik of MindSize around optimizing WooCommerce for speed and reliability. Zach, right before the break, we were talking about common mistakes you find on WooCommerce sites when you first start working with them. The first mistake you commented on was people making poor choices and plugins that they're using on their site causing performance issues. Um, I kind of was wondering if you could expand on that. What are some other mistakes people make um, that you have to kind of unwind to help the site be more performant or to scale?
3: Well, I'd say another big piece is offloading things from the site that don't necessarily need to run on the site. So there are plugins out there that can do just about anything, but some of those things you may not want to actually have your web server doing. And one of the things that we recommend people do is that they offload everything they can. So, you know, things like implementing content delivery networks, that's, that's the beginning of offloading things off of the web server. But, you know, tools like data driven marketing tools or transactional email, um, yeah, I tell a story at, at WordCamps about um, one of my first e-commerce clients. A good friend of mine uh, started a clothing company called Oscar Mike. Amazing mission because all of the proceeds from their clothing go to help injured veterans participate in adaptive sporting events. Great, great company. Um, I got a call from him, and it's funny when we're recording this because it's only three days away from the anniversary of this happening. Uh, I I got a call on Thanksgiving from him saying hey our server is down Uh, we just aired an interview with Jeff Joniak the voice of the Chicago Bears uh, that was filmed in the Bears locker room studio and we got a few orders and then the site just died and I don't know how to get it back up and I said okay uh, let's take a look and see what's going on and you know We had a little trouble getting into the site. He didn't have logins. The company that was hosting it at the time was closed. Um, But the root of the problem was that all of their transactional email was being sent through a mail server that was running on the same server as the website. Ouch. And so what happened was the mail queue got too big ran the server out of memory. The, the server stopped serving web pages because it didn't have memory to send the emails that were stuck in the email queue, and everything just stopped working. So, you know, things like transactional email, that's not something you should have your web server doing. That's something you should have a service doing. Something like a, you know, uh, a mandrel or uh, a send grid. You know, those things are,
2: that's it. Like- Great tip, and I'm so glad you brought brought up offloading because it is such a powerful tool um, to help scale a site and increase its performance. And you, you've you've mentioned it though through the lens of specific um, functions, right? I have a plugin that might be executing my email marketing campaigns. It, my web server doesn't need to do that. I think that's a fair point. What do you think about offloading processes? Things like uh, what Metric provides in a WooCommerce context for offloading report management. Are you are you a big fan of offloading processes as well as, say, functions? And I know Metric, of course, adds some functions as well. But I'm just curious what your thought about that is.
3: Well, I'm a big fan of Bryce and of Metric in general. Um, you know, we uh, <laughs> we're actually in uh, a. a business mastermind group together and um, he's a great guy, he's gr- he's built an amazing tool um, so reporting is one of the things we do recommend that people offload uh, inventory management, you know, shipping and fulfillment, those things just shouldn't be done in a way that it's connected directly to the site for anything but
2: the data it needs. And why does that matter, Zach, how people understand, like, why would I off, why wouldn't I just log in the back of WordPress and run all my reports and do my inventory management in the back of my WordPress? Why would it help to not do that?
3: Well, you have to remember that anything you're doing in the back end of WordPress, while your site is actively running, is running in the exact same environment that's serving pages to your customers. So if you're doing something that is database-heavy, like running a report, uh, first of all, you know, SQL-based databases are not great at reporting to begin with, and the WordPress uh, data structures are not designed for reporting. So while you can use SQL for reporting, you have to design your data structures in a way that they can be reported against easily. That's not the case with WordPress and WooCommerce. So offloading that to someone else makes it so that not only can the data be optimized for those reports to run more quickly, but the data isn't being interacted with directly on your website. So you're not going to be impacting the performance of your customers when you're running a report.
2: That is the best explanation of report offloading I think I've ever heard, Zach. I'm totally going to steal all that and use it again. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So you've mentioned some um, we might consider common ways to optimize um, for performance, we've talked about offloading your functions. We've talked about offloading things like reporting. You talked about a CDN. You talked about making good choices and plugins in general. But I'm curious, like, what are some uncommon ways? Like, what are what are, what's some of your secret sauce? What can you share with me here on the podcast? Side.
3: Well, one of the more on, uncommon ways that we're using is since WooCommerce 3.0 came out, we've been really focused as a company on how we can use. Uh, custom tables to extend the uh, data structures that WooCommerce uses. So, in WooCommerce 3.0, they introduced this uh, this feature uh, that abstracted away data from uh, the the way that data works in WooCommerce, from the way that code interacts with it, and the uh, feature allowed us to do things like create a plugin that moves data to a custom order table from the orders that are stored in posts and post meta normally. And these things, you know, when you offload to a custom table uh, from the data stores feature in WooCommerce, you get all the same functionality, but you can flatten the the data itself. Um, so, for example, an order takes... Uh, Over 50 post meta inserts to insert it into the database. And when you go through and you do that, you know, that's there's no bulk way in WordPress, even though we've been advocating for one for a while, to insert post meta that's related to a single post. So it's calling that 50 plus times to insert post meta on that post, with that post being the order object. And when you flatten that, you can reduce that down to, you know, as little as one insert, but probably closer to four to five total inserts. When you think about that as a performance indicator at scale, and you go from fifty-five queries to five in order to insert the same data, you've just made it so that you know you can insert ten times as much. Data with the same server you're currently on.
2: That's a very uncommon and helpful tip, Zach. That was awesome. Um, I know that obviously for some folks that might not be able to keep up with every point here in the recording. I'm curious, do you guys blog about this on the MindSize blog?
3: We have some. I, I wish we did more, but there are um, there are definitely presentations out there that I've given. Uh, I gave a presentation at Woosesh where I talked just about uh, WooCommerce performance. Uh, It's a presentation called e-commerce speed Demon, and I cover a lot of these things there. Uh, So that would be a great resource if you're looking for more information on how to use, um, you know, custom tables or move object data. Uh, We want to do more as far as uh, blogging, but we've just... We've been so busy leading up to this holiday season that all of our content (laughs) strategy has been thrown
2: out the window. Cobblers' children have no shoes. Exactly. Well, um, awesome. So what we're going to do is we're going to take one more quick break. and we come back, I want to talk about some of the strategy around this. So everyone hang tight, and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment
1: webmasterradio.fm
4: is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to webmasterradio.fm, on-air, or on demand. From our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for webmasterradio.fm. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm
1: WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This only on Webmaster Radio.
2: FM. Well, everyone, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. In this episode, we are interviewing Zach Stepek of MindSize around optimizing WooCommerce for speed and reliability. Before the break, Zach was sharing uh, one of his uncommon ways to improve performance, Uh, but I wanted to shift gears a little bit now and start talking um, about the strategy behind performance. So one of the things that's interesting to me, Zach, is kind of this balance between a client's need for stuff and the need for speed right the client wants a video and images and galleries and all of these these aspects that might kind of pull the the, the site down in terms of performance but at the same time you're trying to deliver this you know sub two second sub second page load time how do you think about that when you engage with the client is it just the tug and pull and that's it
3: a lot of it is tug and pull, but a lot of it is uh, you know the client is really set on wanting this. How do we build it in a way that it doesn't impact as much as the solutions that are out there? And so we we do a lot of evaluation of either existing plugins or uh, of you know plugin concepts that may more effectively do what the client is looking for. Um, I would say that. You know it's a lot more looking at existing solutions because that's the power of being in an open source community that has, you know more plugins than I will ever have time to review. Um, but we we are able to go in and we're able to look at these solutions, find the best performing one, and minimize the impact that it has. And then from there, potentially, optimize it further, and in some cases, commit those optimizations back to the original developer.
2: Okay, so that makes sense. So now as I think about it like from the client's perspective, if I'm an agency, and actually Google's used this phrase in a few presentations I've seen over the last few months, but that's this notion of performance as a product. In other words, they've hired you as an agency, or maybe you as a brand, an internal brand team, you're going to go take on a project, you're going to dedicate people to it, um, and and performance is the objective, right? It's not just building features. And I'm just curious from the agency perspective, do clients buy this way? Are they coming in saying, we need to scale, we need performance, and that's what we're hiring you for? Or is it that they come in and they, they need a new design or a new feature set, and that performance and scale becomes part of that, or just part of the overall maintenance package? In other words, is performance a product, or is performance performance just added on to what you're already doing? No,
3: in our, in our case, most of the clients that come our way are already having issues with uh, scaling their site because of site performance. So, you know, we really, I, I know the term performance as a product is something that Google's been working with, and, and that's awesome. Um, we like to think of it as performance as a service, so, we're offering performance optimization and code reviews and things like that to our client base and helping them to be ready for scale or to achieve the scale that their clients already want, their their customers already want. Um, I can't tell you how many initial calls we end up in where people are dealing with a level of technical debt from previous developers. That is causing their site to grind to a halt because they just kept tacking new things on without thinking about the impact of that it would have overall on the performance of the site so when we go in and we start a project with an existing site the performance audit is always our first step where we go in we look at new relic data we're, uh, we're looking at where slow queries are. We're trying to figure out what plugins are bad actors. And we're starting from performance at the beginning because we know from experience that as a business scales, it needs to be ready to handle anything that the community as a whole is going to throw at it. You know, Patrick um, famously talked at uh, WooConf, in Austin, Texas, about how you know one of his uh, his former employer actually uh, had a level of scale with with WooCommerce that had never been seen before, and you know WooCommerce itself wasn't ready for that because the developers who had created it uh, had never thought it would be used on something as big as what it was, so you know that's our first focus every time when we come into a new project is how can we improve the situation now before we start building new things
2: so that's really interesting to hear and to think about it as more of a service than a product you know you were saying things like we offer things like ongoing code reviews and things like that and i think that's really just a a great way to kind of end here for this podcast is to think about this notion of it's not a one and done thing but rather something that you make part of your um your dna almost as you create new experiences and you look towards the future and take into consideration performance at scale. Um, This was super helpful. Thank you so much for joining today, Zach.
3: Thank you for having me, David. I really appreciate it.
2: Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about what Zach's up to, you can check it out at MindSize.me. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpole. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This.